welcome to this week's episode of the Imaginary Media Podcast, a podcast uh, where we delve into our childhood and watch, wait, from 2023, what's this? What have you done to me, Sam? You fucked me! <laughs> Look at all these disgusting Gen Zers. They may even be Gen As. I don't know. Where's the terrible bodysuits? Where's the dangerous stunts? Where's the shocking 90s fashion? It's It's all absent. And replaced by good feelings and acceptance and all this lovely wokery that we are, uh, you know, come to expect from from movies. In I mean that in a good way, by the way. Before you write in this now, <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good if thing. Anyone's listening this week? <laughs> Every welcome, time. Sam. Uh, this week uh, we watched, and I'm going to try and get the title of this right: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Colon, mutant mayhem uh, yes. from 2023. Uh, that's right. It's the new Ninja Turtles. And you that's were you say something, Sam. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm musing the fact that we've got another Ninja Turtles movie in in 2023. This is a, this is an interesting property, isn't it? Like it's it came from a couple of guys writing. Uh, you know, drawing stupid comics, and it's just evolved. Sadly, wow, way to way to trigger like vast swathes of the internet, Sam. And if anyone yeah. is listening, it's those losers. Bring it on. Uh, is but it's you know Saturday morning cartoon or, or dark, quite, you know, quite kind of grown up e comics to Saturday morning cartoons to these nineties Jim Henson horror fest movies, which is just mental. Take insane Take, movies. Shut your goddamn mouth. Oh, let's talk about your obsession with them. And and then let's and then talk. we get hold on to just because then we get like the Michael Bayification of these films <laughs> late, later on where the with the the disgusting, grotesque, muscly TNM TMNT uh ones they're just awful they just look awful the michael bay ones terrible but then we're back but then we're back it's evolved again it's been dragged into modernity and we have now like these fun high school we're kind of back to where we started you know back to the 1980s saturday morning cartoon vibe and i'm all here for it like this is what i want from it's, my bipedal turtle it's nice for this to be a kid's property. movie um, which is it's funny that I'm saying that because it's it's so abjectly not for me in such a refreshing way. Now, in case you're a new listener, um, we're millennials, uh, and therefore we have nothing and we know nothing and we contribute nothing, um, and I'm content with that. But it means that we're solidly also. It's 1993 in my head right now, and remain so for the next 15 years. Um, so it's kind of interesting to watch a movie like this, which is about a beloved childhood property. You know, like you said, the Saturday morning cartoon, I, the mm. McDonald's toys. Like This seems like a you know, peak McDonald's toys. We had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys. When you were a kid, one of the most fun things to play is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because basically hitting people with sticks, just like Power Rangers, and it's fantastic. It's fun. Um, like you said, those um, horrible, gorgeous, amazing um artistic uh auteur driven uh 1990s live action uh teenage mutant ninja turtle movies and then to have it come back round and so many things 
make a concerted effort i think to um like properties up from our childhood that have been rebooted and they've all they've all been fucking rebooted um they've, this they've has been, been rebooted like three times since they've then. been extracted from their shallow grave and reanimated in a, but in a grotesque i think fashion. this is the first movie this really like marks a departure for me we're, we're approaching our mid-30s now and it's really a, a marked a departure where these things are no longer made with any any thought or concern for me you know older movie like the lego batman movie um mm. everything mm-hmm. else it's just it, it exists to like cater to losers not losers but like millennials who watch this shit as kids and this movie a really really clever clever executive and i refuse to believe it was it was seth rogan some clever executive <laughs> made the decision to like maybe just say actually this is just a really cool property let's let's make it a really fun film about these characters and let's just like cut the fucking train carriages apart and leave all of the baggage of making references to all the old, you know over on the nose references to all the old movies throughout and you know there are a couple of nods but largely this isn't really concerned with getting you and i to the cinema to watch it because it knows actually the important thing for people in our age demographic now they want to get us to take our kids to these things yeah yeah which is terrifying in of itself Uh, in a just in a real world every day the the world thinks of new inventive and crushing ways to remind us that we're aging mm. and this is the way that it did it today it's it's never gonna it's never gonna stop it's never gonna (laughs) stop the um yeah i i think you've, you've hit on something there definitely around like the involvement or or the storytelling around uh young people and how actually being a young person now crazy statement is very different to how it was when we were younger or even 10 years ago we can ago. assume we don't actually know we just no. assume <clears throat> but like the, the 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 fact that social media is such a is such a big thing like basically you've just got this whole other layer of existence which we didn't have to deal with and which the turtles in 1990 and the turtles in even in 2007 didn't have to deal with so like when you when you're making a movie about uh teenagers in 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 2023 you you kind of need to reflect back the reality of their existence as much as as much as it be a fun story that's that's engaging in all the other ways i've off i bring the absolutely incredible unique insight of being a father and I can lord that over you, Dave. Fuck Don't you. worry, though, listeners. He almost never mentions it. <laughs> but, but almost but, never comes up. Always never. But uh, watching this, watching this with my kids, like obviously there's the base level of ah, huh, huh, and my two-year-old is doing huh, 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 kicking his legs around in the living room, which is fantastic. It's having a seizure, my, but sorry, too much. He's about too that. close. But my eight-year-old, like actually, the message of this movie, which is basically, you know, it's about being accepted and the challenge of being accepted. It's like really positive. And com- if you just compare it to the bro, 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 uh, Michael Bay versions of this in, in 2013 and 14, like, oh my God, we are just on a different planet. We are a different universe uh, in terms of what these characters mean to the audience i'm still amazed that the that, that we're still talking about these fucking stupid turtles 
that, that walk around and cowabunga dude and pizza and skateboards and nunchucks. Well, you could say that. A, a giant Did we rat. get a cowabunga dude in this? Didn't know. I, oh, of course I didn't did. notice it because that's like a, that's like an eighties. That's not even a, that's not even our generation. That's yeah. kind of like a. But they, they're not. They're not talking like that. Like I mean, they're not the surfer dudes, skater dudes. Hey, dude! Like it's not. It's nothing like that, is it? We are, we are really leaning into the fact that these kids. Are God, just are we going to be? I don't mean for this to just be the fucking us being older shit podcast but hey it's two white guys for the podcast just see the preceding but 279 just episodes like i hadn't really again struck me that yeah the vernacular is different in this movie and there were a couple of moments let's get this all out of the way now let's purge ourselves of all of this and then hopefully we won't talk about it throughout the rest of the podcast but there were a couple of times in this movie in a good way where i didn't understand the vernacular now there was one like where they say oh god i wish i could see bts live and i was like I have no comprehension of what that that that, that acronym even means. What I, I, I literally don't literally had no idea. I had to Google it. Uh, they're a boy band from Korea who are quite popular, and I sound like my grandfather. Um, <laughs> but there were a couple anyway. And then and then us talking now has thought made me think they don't call each other dude in this. Like you know, or say cowabunga or radical or all like you say, all the fucking cause for some reason these were beach dudes in the nineties. It's all that's gone. Cool. Like in yeah. a good way, because it makes the characters so much more fresh and so much more relatable and not stale like they were they would be if this was the nineties show remade. Because in ten years we'll probably get the nineties Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles remade as like a a period piece. But are we going to be like 75 years old and we're the only people in the world who call each, still call each other dude in the nursing home? Yes. Like, yes. it's just... Even people five years younger than like us don't chap. use that word. It's like chap. chap. How are you doing, chap? I've never <laughs> heard anyone call anyone else a chap in real life. Sam. Because you don't hang out with enough 70-year-olds. They're all they're chapping it all over the place, I tell you. you, <laughs> <Chapping> you, you <laughs> you're 100% right. Also, are we going to be sat in that care home watching the you know, not 90-year reunion uh, or the 90-year uh, reimagining of these characters? Probably yes. That's because it, it, they just they just seem to hold on, don't they? I think, I think about... I, I was thinking about back to when we were kids and how, like, growing up in, the, in that time in the 2000s, like, it, it felt like conformity was where we were at. It felt like... Being, you know, being part of a gang, being part of a movement, like you're either a skater kid or you're a football kid or you're a goth or you're an emo or, do you know what I mean? Like, or you're a, you, you might sit outside this and if you do, then like, who are you? Who, who even are you? What type, you know, what type of, of kid are you? And I feel, it, it feels like in this movie, there's a kind of a rejection of that because as much as we get the slightly nerdy one, like they're all kind of individuals. They're all kind of fully formed characters as opposed to trying to pick a lane. And I think that's such a that's such an interesting thing to see in a movie. And again, we're fucking talking the about The whole turtles. movie's about, about that, the acceptance of people for who they are. I would say, Sam, I hear what you're saying, but I think that this... The reason it works in this movie and the reason that this is definitely a more nuanced approach to this and certainly better than a lot of things we've had in the past. I think that so many 
movies like the breakfast club is about this feel feeling mm. like you're not you don't belong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know that's yeah that's for white people we 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 did that in the in the in the 80s and then it took 30 years to start including other ethnicities in films um but like that is a very old thing i think and i think it's part of being a teenager and part of growing up is everyone sometimes feels like they don't belong uh, i'm not sure that's got any better for kids i still think kids have the same problems you know as they've ever had i just think maybe like we've gotten better at talking about it and we've got better at acknowledging it and this movie kind of reflects that as well i think is that it's not we don't have the big speech at the end of the movie where everyone learns a lesson like these characters show growth throughout the movie and they learn things about each other and about themselves and about their friends and their lives and things like that as yeah. we go through the movie it doesn't have to be a big we're going to hit things for 45 minutes and then we're going to learn a lesson you know yeah, free, freeze and that frame, i think that i think is the, the difference is that we've become better at like getting that across in a film without it being heavy-handed yeah let's talk about the filmmaking then because i think we you mentioned lego batman and uh i'm trying to think of anything that might be a little bit earlier than that but like self-aware movies movies that are movies that know their movies and movies that are quite happy to kind of like lean into fourth wall kind of breaky you know some of it is on the edge of of that of, of really trying of really underlying underlying how um the, the the movie's willing to go places with the audience that is kind of nods and winks to what's going on and batman lego batman's a great example of this and i kind of i kind of think we are so we're so used to it now that we don't even remark upon it but in in a way that a lot of movies a lot of movies like this really could you could really get this wrong couldn't you you could really get this wrong with like these costumes the, the, the throwback the way that it's all the whole movie's kind of revolving around this like reimagining of the to, whereas actually it works all of this works and I think the concept of these teenagers underground being silly teenagers who want to just dad leave us alone like that's really fun it's really really well, fun it's the choice to just make a movie and yeah like I, I don't think this is a perfect movie I think this is really really good I just but we'll talk about that later but um the reason it works is because they decided to just make a movie they didn't decide to do the fucking the spider-man origin story is the um is the age-old example because it's been done so many times yeah <laughs> oh even batman how many times do we see batman's parents get shot like and this this does it does do that we get the origin story but i think also it's it's telling this movie is just telling a story this is just an adventure these characters are going on whether they can make a sequel that's as engaging and as endearing and as self-contained, I'm not sure. But it's what really stands out in this movie is just how it's fun. It's just light and it's fun. I don't feel like I'm being fed the same shit sandwich, you know, with a new animation style. Um, because it does feel fresh in that way because the characters are, mod- like you said, being forced into the modern era um you know the surfer thing from you know that that was dead by the time point break came out let's be honest and you know that was 30 years ago let's just have them talk like kids talk now act like kids act now and be into things that kids now are into and that's that sounds really simple doesn't it it sounds really really basic 
but that's not always a given in in these kinds of things because a studio gets hold of these properties and they say um the fantastic four that's another like wildly successful comic book that um every five years they try and reboot it and it's horrible and they can't seem to get out of their own way and just make a fun movie about these fun characters and this movie is like oh well maybe let's just tell a story and we don't have to set up 15 sequels yeah yeah and that like in the same way that into the spider-verse was the same like in a lot of ways brought the same thing you know yeah that that is stale character and reimagine him and that is probably the the film that this uh the, the, the turtles movie has owes a lot to doesn't it because if you don't have number one the art style which i'd let you maybe talk about in a second as, as a separate piece but like if you don't have that um if you don't have the confidence that comes from something like spider-verse which is probably maybe the best movie of the last for me one of the best movies of the last decade like it's an unbelievably good movie and for lots of different reasons but like if you don't if you don't have that ability to lean in and say we're just going to embrace this style we're going to embrace this feel but also we are going to add something new because i think if you think about like the teenage coming of age movie it's pretty stale in a lot of ways and it's hard to it's hard to like find it's hard to find something new that you're going to bring to that now obviously we can't explore anything unless it's through the the lens of superheroes which is the modern hellscape that we live in but i i think this the spider-verse is obviously i think going to become one of the most influential animated movies of all time because you we're already seeing the response in a film like this you know yeah um and so, the key the key term seems to be like you know it's great to have all of these things and and old properties as well i mean spider-man's much much older than teenage mutant ninja turtles um which in of itself sounds like a saturday morning cartoon you know just yeah. <laughs> the basis of it yeah um but it's taking a property like that and and just injecting new life into it and, and the animation style which we should talk about and obviously spider-verse is a great comparison because it's also kind of like this this looser um animation style that we maybe see saw you know 10 years ago or even 30 years ago you know um everything's not as clear cut there's a lot more we can do a lot more with animation nowadays but um you know it's easy to portray action with blurs and things like that and like digital animation they can do a lot of clever things and there's a lot of things in this movie the way that, that you know the way that the turtles are animated the way their faces are animated is just like you compare this to God, even the live action one from you know the Michael Bay one, like it's Mental. just it's, 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 inc- it's incredible the difference, and it's such a big part of why this movie works. I think is 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 that slight slightly slightly off animation style that is kind of yeah. like um, stylized Je- in it in it in it in a particular way. One of the one of the writers, Jeff Rowe, explicitly said that the North Star of this movie was you know, the, the Spider-Verse, but also the toys, also like the 1980s, you know, kind of like quite gangly toys that you could that, that you could buy and, and, and some of the kind of cartoons. I think 
if you if you uh, for a set you know if you just step back for a second i think you can really see that all the way through i love the way that the just like the spider like spider this because the background's moving sometimes we get smoke that's just billowing out as like crayon and it repeats like a gif almost like there's all of this the texture in this movie i don't think it is quite as accomplished as as spider-verse and it's always going to draw that comparison so some of the some of the later um what you call the fight scenes some of the action sequences i think the chase one is really good but i think once we're into like the third act of this movie i think a lot of the action is just the the big thing yeah it's too big it's too green it's too unclear i think where maybe like it's an example of maybe less is more in that situation yeah I don't think we're ever going to be. We're never going to be hitting the um, the highs of Spider Verse Two, you know, with um, with Gwen Stacy's art design and when she sat in the room with that lovely pink purple kind of color. And I mean, that is that's a different level. It's a different level. So I don't think we need to be almost trying to aspire to that art. But what I definitely, I just really love the fact that when you're when you're looking at these characters, especially, it's it's so expressive. They are so expressive, and they're little fucking, you know, they're they're, they're ovals with eyes, and they've got masks on. So you've got a lot of work to really like understand and and be able to emote through these. But they do it so well. I I really think the the, the design of the turtles is probably what elevates it into being able to recognize these characters just through how they look you know with well, the, that's one well, of the big glasses anima- on and that's stuff that's the back of yeah. animation though isn't it um is and it was always the problem with all of all of the ninja turtles movies especially the ones from the 90s is like and which turtle is this because it's impossible to tell because this is someone in an enormous rubber suit yes um and even some of the animation i mean that's the whole point of the different color bandanas was because like they were never, never, never drawn that distinctly to begin with, and I agree with you. I think that, you know, Don, is it Donatello with the glasses, uh, especially, is like a great, is just a great character design, and they're all, you know, obviously some they've sat down and they've they've come up with the character models for this, um, in just a way that the care, you know, when we were kids, they didn't put this care into animation because it's like, well, fuck it, it's for kids, they don't give a shit, yeah, um, and we didn't, but it's like, expensive. you know, this. This shows you the difference. Yeah, when you've got to like pay a load of Koreans to hand animate things, Sam, it is expensive. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what it comes down to. It's just fun. Let's talk about. Um, I'm sure we'll have more to say about the animation, and and we'll definitely talk about Spider Verse loads more. Uh, should we talk about the plot a little bit um, of this movie? Because uh, there's some things that it's a real teenage mutant ninja turtles like plot, isn't it? I kind of. You know, you... Yeah, go on. I was going to say, you can imagine this is like a, a a classic plot. The plot of the 90s movie is that Shredder is forming a child gang um, to take over the city and they have to stop him. And that felt in the 90s like, you know, that's, that's the plot of an episode of the show. Mm. And this, in a similar way, felt like that. Again, it's maybe one of the drawbacks that it's... It's the Godzilla thing. <laughs> we do this and we do things, and then and then there's a giant monster we've got to destroy. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I, I can see I, you. I can oh. see you sighing and. <sighs> uh, 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 uh. I this is where I kind of I kind of get a bit hazy on the plot because 
the bits that I loved about this movie were watching them, watching the turtles hang out and these great kids doing these voice actors, this, this lovely voice acting that's full of texture and uh, falling over because they're gangly teenagers. Like, And as soon as we have to actually drive the story forward, I I'm kind of just I'm not that invested. I also think there's a weird moral ambiguity here uh, in that I or not ambiguity, not the right word. There's like a, there's like a, it, it kind of blurs, and I just kind of want my bad guys to be bad guys. Like we've got all, we've got the gang who are really fun, and you know, the animation, the, the other mutants who are going along with with the main big bad, and I just kind of want them to be baddies and not have to like empathize with them. You know, what I mean, so as the movie progresses and they get, they're all on side, and then we're beating up the the, the big dude. I just, I, I get, a, I got a little bit, I'm not bored, but I got a little bit like, okay, we know how this is going to end. They're going to beat him up. It's going to be a great big punch fight, and like any other superhero Marvel movie, they'll they'll save the day. So, yeah, it's it's always the trouble with plotting a movie out. I think it works reasonably well in the confines of, you know, no one's parents are getting shot. Um, like you know, we don't have the the darkness of it, and obviously like we're mutants living in the sewer but we don't have the real sort of like stakes i do kind of quite like that about most of this movie up until the very end um i even like when they when they meet the bad guys and they, they just go bowling i think it's just really fun it's such a subversion of what you expect to happen because you expect that marvel punch fight immediately and you don't get it and you get all these like different characters who are again these are all based on the comic book characters which i was astounded by because i don't remember any of them uh, not that I read the comics, but you know, from any of the other in such or in, the, in any of the other IP, um, and it also kind of like it gives you that inverse, I think, which is important. And then the, I think, the reason the turtles are so likable in this movie is because they're just like nice people, and so they they meet the the bad crowd, the you know the Superfly, the Ice Cube gang, um, and they get along and they're a bit weird and they're a bit like scary uh and i'm sure as a kid that that is your overwhelming thing as well like they're a bit weird and some of them are a bit funny and some of them are a bit scary but ultimately like they're then the subversion of then no they're on our side because they're not like megalomaniac evil people and i think that's such an important part of the message of this movie that like to be inclusive yeah like yeah maybe not just these turtles who like oh they're adorable maybe the disgusting scumbug you know that doesn't even speak english like exactly and the fact that the turtles include them and i think it's such an important like theme in this movie that i think if you had just bad guys and you do because you've got the evil corporation and once again all corporations are evil including the one that made this movie uh but yes absolutely let's represent that in our movie um yeah. it's you know, maybe we could have had more of the evil corporation and maybe that could have been your like you 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 you're completely right you're completely right and i think it's christ this is maybe my indoctrination of of, of growing up in a in a in such a warped time but i yeah all the accepting people who look different who look a bit scared from you is a great message but i don't know i just i feel like the i feel like the actual storytelling and the and 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 the the minute to minute action is diminished a little bit by having to like, like these. The, I just I don't know. 
the moral the moral um uh you know binary of good guys and bad guys i think is it serves this type of kid's story really really well and all the stuff around in between like leave that to your fucking batman shit you know or like just i don't want i just want to have a good time and and so this is a very small complaint and i don't want to go on about it too much more interestingly though let's they don't have uh, the shredder's not in this movie until the very end and that's an interesting choice like that's well, an interesting choice I think in terms of the origin came across like you're talking about how you wanted you know the the evil thing and yeah. they they rejected that when they were making when they were writing this movie because it was initially going to be shredder and you know kind of the idea of this movie would be it was going to be and this is you know your typical mutant ninja turtles thing is that it's them and splinter versus shredder and that's that's always been the case he's he's the arch bad guy in the series very iconic very recognizable and i think it's again they, they looked to that and said do we really want to do that again is that the movie mm. we want to introduce these characters with and the again the batman shooting batman's parents thing it's like actually this is a rich you know uh, comic book series and world that you know fleshed out and there are dozens and dozens of minor characters in it over decades like Maybe it doesn't always have to be Batman and the Joker on top of the clock tower. Maybe it doesn't yeah. always have to be Superman and Lex Luthor and Kryptonite. Maybe there are other things we can kind of like other things we can add into the mix with these characters to tell. And it, again, I think it all lends to the freshness of this. So they decided not to have um, Shredder as the bad guy mm. in this movie and instead have, um, and I want to talk about him now, uh superfly uh voiced by ice cube which i think is so funny um yeah yeah i th- i think it's a really i think it's a really good character with lots of moral ambiguity you know rejected by the, be- the best the best evil characters are the ones where you're like oh, it kind of makes some sense Humans yeah are the kind worst. Of with him i i i i don't know i don't know it's yeah it kind of goes to my point of I just yeah let's punch the bad guys and that'll be fun, but actually you're right you know being my my storytelling brains also going that's brilliant that's great because these poor fucking creatures have been through the ringer animal tested with this ooze this goo you know and and I think there's a lot of uh, no there's some pathos to be derived from having this type of story in there you know the the human slash mutant experience is is on is covered well i think and how you can see this this character like becoming radicalized basically and trying to well, radicalize the way that he's radicalized else. the other the other mutants and yes. the way that they're trying to he's then trying to radicalize the turtles who like largely are kind of like receptive to this idea um, and again, this is a kids' movie. And we don't really need to like spend the time explaining how how extremist organisations recruit. But this is like this is it. This is how you do that. Um, and and again, it's clever. I'm not saying I think that, that I think this movie kind of falls apart in the third act. And I do want to talk about that um, because I've realised I'm being very very positive. It's because I like the first two thirds of this movie so much. Yeah. Um, before we before we talk about that, let's talk about April. 
who's a character that is kind of not really a... a, a uh, Where's my um, sexy thirty-year-old news reporter? Yes, exactly. She's kind, <laughs> she, she's not a character that is that is particularly important, I think, to the rest of the movies, and and I think that it's such a such a great and it, it exactly fits the type of representative. You know, we just we we're resetting everything, and we get a character who's who's smart but also vulnerable i mean the vomiting thing when she's vomiting on on, on camera and then she does it at the end as well like it's all just great it's all great really fun and i think in the in the comic book and the original series um april o'neill is she's lois lane basically like yeah she's there she's their human contact um and like yes she does have arcs and stories and things like that but mostly She's your basic fucking white reporter who, you know, wants to crack the big case. And obviously it's 2023, so that no longer exists, um, which is nice. But so they have to reinvent the character and then to make it, uh, you know, put, uh, I think she's black in this, you know, and voiced by a black woman. Great. And also like to make her look like an actual person. And I know that's the odd thing to say in a movie full of like monsters and mutants and but this this move to animate, especially in children's t- um, films, to animate characters to like more accurately represent what actual human people look like, yeah, I think is great, and it, it's again refreshing, and it's, but it doesn't feel like it's um, bowing to studio pressure or bowing to, you know, um, yeah, well, it, they just, they just, if that makes they, sense, it just exists on the screen, yeah, in a very organic yeah, way. They're almost caricatures, aren't they? And it's it's all a bit exaggerated, but it's exaggerated in a way that human beings are exaggerated, and you know, like people have people have noses, and they have so all of this stuff is like you get to it feels it feels grounded. And again, Spider Verse drink, but like it does feel very much like we're we're doing that, and we're kind of rejecting a lot of the it's like slightly extreme example, but like Despicable Me type uh, characters which are so far away from what humans look like you know we are kind of like being a bit more grounded i think with the design which you probably need in a movie where you kind of don't have any other humans you know like she's the main human character not anyone who's not a bond villain i think you have the swat guys who are in big swat costumes and you've got the evil woman at the, the firm exactly so it's good to have like oh yeah there's a human being in there i can i could i, I don't know does that make me feel safe that there's human beings to look at and not just i don't know i'm not sure let's talk about the last act of this movie and um why do you think it for i think that's quite strong i definitely think it, it, it we get into just punch fight mode and i'm lost interest and i think the art style well, doesn't work but I should, have, I should have paused. Apart. I should have paused and looked at the timestamps. But basically, we go to the bowling alley and we have the we meet everyone, and then we have the car chase, and then the Superfly has his doomsday machine. Like that's the movie, and we have so we spend twenty five minutes. It seems like where the turtles get captured for no reason to achieve nothing, so that April can come and rescue them. And we get the the cool um, you know splinter scene, which I like. Yeah. We'll talk about yeah. Jackie Chan in a minute, um, and we get that, and it's it's fun. But 
the movie's kind of spinning its wheels because we know we're just going to go to Superfly and then we have a weird flat fight with odd stakes where they charge him individually. Um, you don't know what's happening and it's just ready to turn everyone in the world into all the animals in the world into mutants. And as usual, it's like, oh my God, we destroyed the machine. Oh no, we haven't destroyed the machine. He's a giant whale. He's absorbing all these animals. Oh my God. But we still have, it goes on for so long. The end of this movie is so long. It's so long. And they don't set up, they sort of, they do, literally, they do, they do Chekhov's gun with the um, mutant killing stuff right at the beginning in the flashback, I guess. But it doesn't feel earned. It feels like Chekhov's gun. Um, Yeah. And I like a lot of the individual things going on with this. I really think the bit where he goes into the zoo and they're watching at the telescope, I think that's hilarious. There's loads of really good individual bits. And then we get the Spider-Man train scene at the end with the New Yorkers. Yeah, okay, we've seen that before as well. But it's just the you length that goes on. And you mess with the them, fact you that mess we've, we've got so much time to have so many speeches about how we're going to destroy this thing and whether it's our responsibility to destroy this thing. And so many characters like, you know, April goes on TV and she vomits. And again, funny, like it's nice. It's nice that she's, you know, overcome her things and then also she still vomits. It's funny. But we're just spinning our wheels. Like there's a giant monster destroying the city. And it's the problem with all giant monsters destroying the city things is that actually maybe let's, you can have a bombastic finale in a smaller scale, more emotional way than having a giant fucking what am i even looking at creature yeah i really didn't like the design of this thing of of superfly when he's the whale and the horse the horse's legs the horse legs thing like i like the horse leg thing it made me laugh yeah i don't know this just i Do you think? I think it maybe it's just overcomplicated or, or over over overly busy, and I couldn't. It's I could ambitious. never. It's, it's ambitious, and they just they just don't nail they, the pacing yeah, I, of the action. I just the, feel like the scale of it is is it's almost like a Godzilla type creature, isn't it? But then they also want they also don't want they also want to um, they also want him to be the same character that he was, which was actually quite complex in terms of feeling rejected by society and by the, the you know, and, and then rampaging about that. And I just felt like we just, just bring it down. Just bring, shrink him down. Don't make him a fucking whale. And, and give us a little bit more of that, like, ability for the, the, the turtles to do their ninja thing. You know, I, I felt we could have maybe cut some of this and give us a bit more of a personal ending as oh, absolutely to... um and, and the biggest and the biggest um crime of this of this climactic battle is just how long it is i don't know if i've mentioned but it's 45 minutes long it's so long is it and really the movie 45 isn't that long. minutes and the rest of the movie doesn't drag long? no is it bollocks i don't think it's 45 minutes long but it oh, feels okay. long it feels long and it feels long yeah this is why this is not as strong a movie as spider-verse i think just because it's just not quite as cohesive at the end i really like everything this movie's saying but i think that they're trying to write their way out of the superfly corner where what they've done is they've made their villain really really like understandable and yes he's murdering people and all of that but you really do get where he's coming from 
mm-hmm. and you you've seen characters in the movie mistreat mutants in the way that he is saying and that's again that's a real strength but then to get yourself out of that you can't really have your heroes kill the villain because <laughs> in a kids movie because then like well are they still the heroes if they've killed them if they've you know killed. like if you've murdered a person to death yeah. and 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 that's always the problem with these movies and these comic book adaptations generally is that nothing nothing's real which is you know that's fair it's you know it's mutant turtles and a big mutant whale with horse feet and measure the fly stopping around new york like it's fine for it not to be real but it means that the stakes aren't real so this thing is like king the size of a skyscraper and it's batting these turtles around and they're fine and they keep getting up and doing other things and you know, you've got fucking there's, New York there's... cab drivers driving about and getting hit, getting thrown up in the air by this thing, and and it's fine from an action point of view. But the minute you start to think about, it, you're like, "What are we even doing?" Yeah, there's an there's an unreality to all this, which is part of the fun, isn't there? But at the same time, it's part of the. It problem. just slightly slips at the end for me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair summary, and I think you know, you're still walking away entertained. I think. For a kids movie, that's where we're at, isn't it? Are, are we keeping going? Are we keeping moving? And I think I don't. I don't think the movie ever gets to that point where we're just we're really asking what the fuck's going on. And that I think just by itself for the four hundredth reimagination of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is impressive enough. Like that's okay, isn't it? We happy with yeah, that? Yeah, I I liked it. I was <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was like. Um... The ending was funny. A post-credit scene fucked me off. Like, don't make me watch all the credits. Oh god, terrible, terrible. terrible. Um, let me fun... tell you. Yeah, let me tell you something else. Will be terrible. Then here we go. Yes, welcome to the semi-relevant movie quiz. The quiz where we try to stump each other with stupid questions that are kind of about 2023's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Whoever gets the most question right wins a cowabunga do pizza. Woo! Oh no, that's the wrong movie, isn't it? Sorry, Dave. Damn. Who wants to go first? I'll Rock, go first. paper, scissors. Okay, we'll do it like that. You bully me into your going first. That's fine. Exactly. Don't worry. About well, you that. went first last week, I think. Okay. Um, so, as we discussed, uh, there's all of the mutant gang not not the turtles and they are they do exist in the comics and they're called the mutanimals um no. okay. i read wikipedia 45 minutes ago i really what a nerd did the homework <laughs> here now this is going to be what i want you to do i want you to name three of these other mutants <laughs> right jesus and you can't have can't have superfly because we've already talked about him so I want you to, and I'm not going to give you multiple choice. I, you're just going to name three of them. I have no effing clue. Pig you mentioned boy. one of them throughout the show. Pig, pig Superfly. No, can't. No. Pig, pig boy. Uh, the 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 ant ant man. No. Uh, uh, Spider Man. I knew this no. would be good. Think about no. the animals, Sam. Think about the animals, right? I'm thinking about the animals. There's a pig guy. There's the rhino. Rhino man. Rhino man. <laughs> rhino man. Turn it off. 
<laughs> is that not the answer? No. Nope. I have no... So you've got the rhino guy, you've got the other rhino, big guy... Rhino, pig, got... fly, disgusting, rabid animal, uh, bat, bat boy. Nope. Batman. No, I'm nope. not going to get any. I'm not going to get it. I can, I'm naming the animals, I just can't get their what names. What Paul Rudd's character? Uh, Ant-Man. Sorry, I already said that. <laughs> right, I'm amazed you couldn't remember any of these. So, I, uh, I couldn't tell you the name. I couldn't tell you which fucking turtles. Which never mind. So, never mind, right. give me the oh, rhino is called Rocksteady, right? Okay, we and never have got that. In John a Cena, years. right? Uh, the warthog. News to me that that's what it was. The Warthog is Bebop, and that's voiced by Seth Rogen. Oh, uh, you got the crocodile. Amazing, didn't mention the crocodile. Oh, the crocodile. I forgot the crocodile. Yeah, called Leatherhead. Uh, you've got the disgusting flying thing. That's called Wingnut. Uh, you've got Mondo Gecko. Is the Paul Rudd character? Good lord. Ray Fillet. Um, is the guy who's singing, I believe, throughout this movie. You've got Genghis Frog. That's a fun Genghis name. Frog. Um, Genghis Frog. I think Frog. that's... Oh, and there's Scumbug. See, I think we I should I mentioned Scumbug throughout the episode. Wrong. 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 Just wrong all around. Uh, so no points to me. Well, what a failure. What a failure I feel for not knowing any of these. Not even one. <laughs> not even fucking one. Right, uh, I'm going to go for a much simpler question, Dave. And I'm going to ask you: Don't look on Wikipedia. Close your browser tabs right now. How many TMNT movies have there been in total? Uh, you know, I'm going to do the Slumdog Millionaire thing. Here, well, I'm going to so, I'm going to tell um, you. Do you want options? Do you want options? Or no, do you feel I know so? the answer. Okay. Um, so my question was going to be: How many teenage <laughs> movies have there been? Uh, and there's been seven. Um, there's been seven. There's been so, seven. So why? Uh, so what? Is that your? Is that your question? That was, that was my I... second question. Yeah, <laughs> that was my second question for you. Um, so I mean, it's bound to happen. Uh, it's the lowest of low hanging fruit. Um, but also, I wouldn't have got it. I don't think. I I, I didn't know. I was like, I knew there was. I knew there were three in the nineties. Well, I knew there were three in the nineties. Let's vamp then, Rob, because we've both managed to stump each other. Let's just go yeah, on so to that. Teenage Mutant Ninja page. Turtles is the one from 1990. That's the one with yeah. Shredder in it. So we don't need we don't need to name them all, just to be clear. But we've got the three no, from the. I'm just remember the plots of them, of the ones that I've seen. Yeah, yeah. The three from the 90s, and the the last one set in Japan, and then and then it's nothing for 14 fucking years. And not until 2007 do we get Kevin Monroe TMNT, which is like the animated one. They look like trash. Yeah, it made 95 million off 34. And critical response is 36% rods about this. So that's kind of where we're at. What do we do then? We skip forward to, obviously, uh, the Michael Bay duology, uh, Jonathan Liebsman duology. Do you know how much money these made? This is what I should have been. Do you know how much money these this one made? The first one. 
by itself. Then my first Michael Bay one. Yeah. 125 to 150 million budget. And it probably made, made 300. 485. Jesus Christ. So obviously they made a second one, uh, which had a budget of 135 million. Got a good guess on how much that made? The second one? 100? Yeah, out, out of the shadows in 2016. Um, it's got to be. It's, it's got to be less than the first one because people people don't get fooled again. Um, I don't know. Probably made its budget back, but they never made a third one, so it probably didn't make loads of money. So probably only about two hundred. Pretty good, two, four, five. So it just made about hundred and yeah, hundred million, hundred and ten million profit. We're just two years out from spite of spite of this. Those are live I mean, action, though, aren't they? Well. Live action in the most disgusting. The, 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 Live action the in the most green screeny way imaginable. Yeah, I hate the design of these tales. I really do. So, um, and is that it then? That's it until we get this the movie we just talked about. Yeah, twenty twenty three. Oofed. Oh, cool. All right. Well, since we fucked that up, let's go. Let's go to my last question. Then, now we haven't actually talked about these guys at all. Because pretty much I've never heard of any of them. Uh, one of them's a YouTuber. I'll give I'll, I'll give you that. The others are actors who've done mostly animated stuff. So of the four main turtle cast, how many of them have Wikipedia pages? Two, four, Two. or one. There's four main cast members. I thought you were going to trick me and go two, four, and six, and you think. Uh, I think it's two. I think half. I reckon half. You reckon half. Okay. And if you said half, that would be correct. We've got Mike Abbey as Donatello. We've got Shaman Brown Jr. as Michelangelo. Nicholas Cantu as Leonardo. And Bradley Noon as Raphael, only the last two have Wikipedia pages. Nicholas Cantu is interesting. He's 20 years old. He is a uh, formerly known as Junkie Janker and known by his current internet pseudonym, Nicholas Cantu, is American actor, voice actor and YouTuber. He was in Gumball, Waters and Cartoon Network, blah, 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 Lego Star Wars, Freemaker series like Dragon Rescue Riders. These are all kids' TV shows that I've watched. And then just, boom, here he is. Into uh, movies. And it's like, it's mad how the YouTuber is crossing, they're crossing the streams between kids being YouTubers online and then transitioning to performing in different ways. And there we go. But yeah, surprising that the other two don't have Wikipedia pages, but I guess... Like, they're, they're quite young, young. I don't think they've done loads. I think, like yeah. you said, it's uh, they're all teenagers, which is we haven't actually mentioned. Part part of the reason the voice the cast voice cast works so well, I think, is because this isn't like Alec Baldwin voicing half of these guys and fucking, you know, um, I was about to say Seth Rogen voicing, but he does voice a character. He does, yeah. Of um, he? No, but having most of the. Mute animals, or whatever they're called, um, voiced by adults, like grown-ups, and then having the turtles be voiced by actual legitimate children, 
it really does add a dividing line and i think it's just like why wouldn't you do that you know yeah. it's it just works it's clever it's clever but like let's not get let's not stunt cast this and like i said have it be alec wall alec baldwin's boss baby again you know well let's let's go back to the uh, the abominations michael bay 2014 abominations where the cast includes uh, Johnny Knoxville as the voice of Leonardo. Good Lord. Uh, and then the rest of them are kind of just fairly unknown. But still, like we've got Johnny Knoxville voicing a Ninja Turtle. And I just don't see how ever that was... How, how, how was that decision made? Who decided that and thought, yeah, that's good. That'll be fine. What's well, the usual know. animation thing? But again, like let's just have... Let's just have these have these teenagers be voiced by teenagers, and then that yeah. will add a layer of authenticity for free, for zero money, zero Z- money down, zero money down. Right. So I think, based on my very specific skills of being able to count to two, I believe that you have won today, Dave. Yep. There's I your cash. A, I had a Price. sneaky, sneaky, cheaty week this week because uh, I went first, basically. Basically, there we go. Right, well, let's end the game and... It's always an excessively long uh, applause from our very devoted audience, but I am, I'm, glad, I'm, glad to, I'm glad for their adoration. So there we go, Dave. We've done another movie on our ongoing mission to explore brave new uh, films. And we'll be back probably next week with something, I don't know, maybe not as good as this. Like, I felt well, we've been quite positive about movies recently. I think we did a good hate fest. We so... haven't done any total shit sandwiches. While we're on the air, before we go off the air, I had a I had a listener write in. Oh! Um, did you really? I forgot to mention to you. Hard pause did. on the outro music. A hard pause. I mean, fair comment. This is somebody that I know personally who sent me a WhatsApp message. Um, don't but don't, suggested. Don't, don't make us don't make us uh, sound even more pathetic than we already are, Dave. <sighs> suggested, and I'm not massively up for this. That we watch the post office scandal drama on ITV, um, which would, <laughs> would fit in with our Dark Waters thing. Um, I've not seen it. I don't watch a lot of ITV products. Um, I, I I have been following this story relatively close just because it is just unbelievable what's the scandal they basically they had this this software that fucked up and would and would say people hadn't uh, tallied the books properly but they had and they went after them oh they they destroyed these people's lives it's insane it's insane i think it's a tv show so i don't think it really fits within the movies but you know what i do appreciate the scandal type movies i think they are really engaging especially when they're done well and this literally has brought you know, this TV show has caused unbelievable uproar and and managed to bring down a lot of these evil bastards. So, power to it, power to them, and a good suggestion. I think. Yeah, from well, our um, beloved audience. Let's see how long it is. Like, I don't know if I'm watching a ten-part series. I think it is multi-part. I think it is. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll research it. We'll come back. <laughs> we'll do the offer do that off there so the music is playing again the worst films of 2022 i don't know maybe we could 
Yeah, because if we saw any of them. Explore last the last couple of years. Minions rise. Maybe we could do an Oscar special. Oh, God. We'll be back 